0: good morning good morning good morning Welcome,
1: welcome.
0: stacy can you hey. feel the buzz in the air I right know.
1: now it is celebration
2: sunday
0: celebrate like cool in the gang celebrate let's go are you guys with me yeah. one more time <laughs> are you with me yeah. we have a lot to celebrate today we have some baby dedications who doesn't love babies Woo-hoo. and yeah and the pool right here we have uh, baptisms at the end of the service as well. So let's go.
1: Yeah. So we are
3: Marty and Stacy Wadlow. And if you this is your first time here, this is not the way we normally do our Sunday, but what an amazing one to come to. So we are so glad that you are here and that you are celebrating with us today. But if you're, uh, this is your first time, we do have a little gift for you. So there is a connection counter in the back. Two of them, and then one out on the patio. So um, if this is your first Sunday, make sure you come on out and say hi to whoever's there and
1: get your free little gift. And um, welcome to those if you're online, if you're out on the patio, come on in. It's nice and toasty in here. Much warmer. Yeah, so come on in.
0: And so check this out. What a better way, what better way to celebrate the end of this service with... baptism and if the Holy Spirit is tugging at your heart if you feel God talking to you at any point in the service don't ignore that we have everything that you need even if you're not signed up right over here we'll have two lovely ladies with shorts oh they're right here Uh, oh she's even got a baby so (laughs) you know you can be baptized today There's nothing holding you back except for yourself. They have
4: towels. They have shorts. They have everything that you
0: need. If you're feeling God talking to you, please come on up. Um, And as we are starting our service, would you please stand? Go ahead and take a deep breath. Turn to someone new that you don't know. I see my buddy Jesus. Let's go. Turn to somebody new and say hi. (laughs)
2: Praises, King Jesus, we exalt that name. The name.
5: We just declare your name is great, God. We declare Elohim. We, we declare El Shaddai, Prince of Peace, Lord. All of those names that might mean something to us, Lord. And the names that, the names that are even more common, Lord, like friend, father, savior, brother. All of these attributes define who you are, Lord. And we just lift you up and exalt you on high. Jesus, the name above all names, the name that at that name, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that you are Savior, God. You're seated at the right hand of the Father. Lord Jesus, we exalt you in this place with our worship. God, help us to remember your goodness today. And as we sing this next song, Lord, may we sing from generation to generation of the goodness and the faithfulness of God. Amen, amen.
1: of the goodness of
6: God. God, we will never, never stop declaring your goodness. We could keep going on for all the days of our lives and we wouldn't even scratch the surface of declaring how good you have been to us. We thank you that through all of the ups and downs and the peaks and the valleys of our life, the one constant has been you. We are so thankful that your presence has gone before us. Your presence is with us now and your presence will go before us again. Father, we thank you for all of the ways that you have shaped us. We thank you even for the trying times, God, that have shown us your character in deeper and richer ways. And today we celebrate you. We celebrate all the things that you are doing in each individual life, God. You you know us and you see us and even in a crowd this size, you see each of our hearts and you know us intimately and you are working in each one of us uniquely and we praise you for that. We love you. We thank you. We declare your goodness again and again and again. Would you have your way in this service? Would your presence just... Um, fill this place? Would your goodness just be evident? And will we leave here a little bit different than we came in? In Jesus' name, amen. You can grab a seat. Um, We're going to continue declaring the goodness of God by inviting our ushers forward to receive our offering. Um, At this time of the year, um, you know, all year long, we strive to live with our hands open. We are a people. Of generosity and we take that seriously um, because God is so good and so but at this time of the year we have a specific focus and that is our Christmas market so we are well underway and a couple weeks is when we will be delivering so if you don't know if you're new around here um, the Christmas market is a way that we bless families specifically through the Lucia Mar school district and we also go down to Guadalupe And we bless families and individuals there too. And so we collect very specific things that families have said they need the most. And last year we served 455 families. Um, And I'm not even sure, that might not even count the people who come through the pantry who also get to go through the, the Christmas market as well. So last year we served 455 families, and this year, um, so far as of last week, we only have about 10% of what we need in order to make that happen like we did last year, and so we we definitely want to make sure that we can do that for these families and make sure that they feel seen and known and loved by their creator this season. So um, up on the screen, I don't know if you can see it, but there's also a, a, a card that you can pick up that has a specific list, but if you're out maybe grocery shopping this week, getting stuff ready for Thanksgiving, maybe just put some laundry detergent in your bag, some toilet paper, some deodorant, some dish soap, things like that, and drop them off. Um, you can, there's a display in the lobby, you can drop them off on, you can bring them to the office or the pantry during pantry hours. Um, we truly are, it is just such a, actually, you know, we talk about, it's blessed to be a blessing, and it sounds cheesy, but, but it is true. Like, we, it is a blessing that we are put in a position that God wants to use us to bless our community, so we would love for you to be a part of that. And speaking of Christmas, I can't even believe it, but we are less than two weeks away from our tree lighting. And um, this is one of my very favorite events, and it's kind of a very um, strategic spot because we've just um, invited a ton of people through Fall Fest, and people have come onto our campus, and now we have another opportunity to invite people here on our campus for our tree lighting. So we have these little invite cards. We would love for you to pick up a small stack or a large stack, whatever you want. We will print more if necessary. Because um, we would love for you to invite your friends and neighbors. Um, we light up our Christmas tree. We light up our Christmas walk for the whole season. Um, it's the very start when we when we light the tree. And then it'll be open throughout the whole season, open to the public from dusk until 9 p.m. So um, we would just love for, for you to help spread the word. There's going to be hot cocoa and goodies. I think even our potato soup that we started that tradition last year. So it's um, going to be a really great night. We would just love for you to start praying about who you might invite to the tree lighting, because that also could spark them to be, be, um, maybe come to new life during the Christmas season. A lot of times people are a lot more open through the nostalgia and the tradition of Christmas, and so we would love for you to just start praying about who you might invite to that. And also a really other cool opportunity is that we have our Advent kits ready for you today. And so if you reserved your kit, you can pick it up. Your name will be on the list. We also have extra. So if you haven't done it already, um, you can sign up. You can do it right now in service or you can stop by. There's um, right as you walk straight out the middle doors. That is where the Advent boxes will be. So there's a daily devotional. There's, um, although a little bit sad. Our ornaments are stuck in customs, but they will be here this week, so you can come back and get your New Life, your yearly annual New Life ornament next week, but there's um, lots of fun things in there. There's stickers, there's candles, there's everything you need to, to make sure that your heart is set right on Jesus and, um, and the anticipation that comes from expecting Jesus' coming both at Christmas and his second coming. So that's what Advent is about. We would love for you to do that. Um, my family, is we didn't grow up in this sort of tradition, and so this has been a new thing for us over the last five years or so, and it has really richly enriched my faith, um, lighting the candles each night and talking about hope, peace, and joy, and love, and how God brings that into our life through Advent. So right out those doors. You can also text the word ADVENT23 to 805-979-2003. Even if you don't get an Advent kit, you can follow along through the Advent season. Um, each week, we're going to send out um, weekly videos to help you light a candle, also some podcasts, and other things like that to help you um, just keep your focus on Jesus this season. So because it can be very distracting, right? There are so many other things that vie for our attention in the Christmas season. So we want to be very intentional about keeping our focus where it is meant to be. And we also are celebrating something else today, not just baptisms and cute little babies, but um, some older cute little babies, Um, brand new members to New Life. So these are people who have gone through our crash course when we last offered it and they decided that they wanted to become a member of New Life Church. And so, um, and it is truly just such a beautiful picture to sort of, to enter into a covenant relationship with one another, where we are there for you, you are there for us, and we are truly brothers and sisters. And so, um, we just know that anytime people take a step in their faith, that the enemy tries to be like, nah, nah, and we say, nah, uh, right back at you. So, um, we would just love to, for you to... Um, Pray over these, these um, members of our family. Um, maybe if you see their face, just kind of ingrain it in your brain and this week maybe say a prayer for them. Um, and if you are interested in becoming a member of New Life, um, our next crash course is going to be in January. So you can also enter into this covenant relationship, this beautiful picture of what it means to be a family. Um, so would you just um, close your eyes and let's just extend a blessing to our new family members. Father, we thank you for this picture of family that you had in mind. We thank you that you um, designed us um, to be a communal people, to be people who do not go through life alone, but that invite the help and the encouragement and the faith of others into our lives. We pray for each one of these um, individuals who has taken a step in their faith, who has said yes to a covenant relationship, not just with you, but with other believers. We know that um, in times like this, there are there are things that want to come against us. There are things that want to distract us and take us away. There's going to be conflict that comes up. We are not a perfect church, and there's inevitably going to be things that come up and try to tear us apart and cause division. God, we pray that you would um, just come against that. That in the power of Jesus' name, that you would continue to unify us um, through our, nothing else but our identity in Christ. And so we love you, we thank you for all of the ways that you are moving um, in our church and in each one of our lives. You're just the best, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So
3: as um, the fans are coming up to dedicate their children, are coming up here today, I want you to once again sing that, I know, I know you're like snapping pictures, but I want you to sing that song with me that we sang just a few moments ago, uh, The Goodness of God, just, just the chorus. There may not be a more beautiful chorus to sing over dedication than those words. The faithfulness of God. The fact that you are here today and you are choosing to dedicate your children back to the Lord and say, you know what, God, you have given us this gift of our children and we are going to give those children back to you. Walker, you are okay this is exactly what this service is all about. So you are okay, buddy. And it's beautiful. Because what you're doing is you're saying, you know what? We haven't even seen the faithfulness that God is gonna bring into this child's life yet, but we are, we are literally trusting in the character and nature and grace of God to walk with this child, to speak in to this child, to have a community of people like you guys, to be able to celebrate and to speak over and pray and intercede for these children. And so there's a couple of things that we ask of uh, parents and families uh, as we think about what it means to dedicate your children. The first one is this, that it it is your responsibility to model Christ for your children. That The primary caregiver and spiritual caregiver of a child is mom and dad and aunts and uncles and grandparents. I know we have some that will stand here in a moment, but you will model the love of Jesus. Every single day, you will wake up and you will pour into your children and model for your children what the love of Christ looks like. You're also responsible for teaching your children the ways of the Lord. That they would grow to know God and that they would grow to understand who he is in their life. And last but not least, you are responsible for activating the faith of your children. In fact, one of the most beautiful responsibilities that we have as uh, parents is the fact that we get to see into our children's lives and recognize things that God has placed there that he knit together, uh, he knit into them. And we get to call those out of our children as they grow older, and we get to identify those. And so, you're good. And so, will you commit to this, as parents and as families, will you commit to this, to modeling Jesus for your children, to teaching them the ways of the Lord and to activating their faith? If so, say, we will. We will. Awesome, awesome. (laughs) And in congregation, we have a responsibility. You know, it's very unique that we live in a culture that is very individualistic and then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, you got your family, I've got my family and yet the gospel comes against that and says, no, 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 we are one body, we are one family. And it pushes back against that idea of individualism and has this beautiful picture of us um, bearing with one another in terms of each other's burdens and caring for one another and encouraging one another. And so congregation here at New Life will you take upon yourself the responsibility to intercede for these children will you take upon yourself the responsibility to help disciple them as they c- cross your paths on the patio or in kids ministry or in student ministry if you will say we will yeah. that's good news right there yeah. right <laughs> that's good news right there so let me set this down for here just a moment
4: i'm going to
6: introduce
3: yeah you want to introduce Dana yes, girl
6: this is walker jean I was like, Walker Chief is the talk of, he just runs the nursery. He is (laughs) is always cheerful, always running, always climbing. I love it. And we're so excited we get to be a part of it today. Yeah,
3: awesome. Walker, will you come to me? Will you come? Maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Look at that. Everybody's so excited. And you've got family here today, I believe, right over here. You guys want to stand up and awesome. You guys can stay standing. The whole fam gets to be here. And congregation, I invite you right now to reach out your hand as we dedicate Walker Jean. God, we dedicate to you right now, Walker Jean Schwagerly, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And as we mark him with the cross of Christ, we pray, God, that He would um, just you would activate in him his namesake, that He would literally walk with you. God, would you allow him to you at an early age? that he would receive the gift of grace that only comes through your, through your son, Jesus Christ, that he would be empowered by the Holy Spirit and walk in your ways all the days of his life. And we ask all these things in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, amen, amen. amen. So, uh, awesome. yes. so good, so yes. good.
6: Next, we Are have sure? sweet Zorabelle here. Zora is
4: just the, she talks to me all the time. We did a baby visit, and she just talked the whole time. Yes. And cooed at me, and she is smiley, smiley. I was
3: like, and we'll see. I was like, you want to go to David? Yeah. Do you want to Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Will you come here? Come here, Zora. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You see mama. You see mama. It's all right. Yes. So this is Zorabelle pick. And this is little, her sister, little Aziza, over here, yes. and we are just so excited that you are a part of the Pick family. Yes, yes. And we are so grateful we get to actually do life with the pics in our small group. and so this Zora is a part of our family in a kind of a unique way. and, and so here we are here to dedicate her to the Lord. And so I'm getting all the smiles.: I'm I know sorry. yeah, I'm sorry I'm. We're going to try to turn around. Maybe. There we go. There we go. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Pick family. Do you guys have uh, other family members here today? Awesome. Can we have them stand then this morning? Praise the Lord. Yes. Yes. All right. And so, congregation, once again, if you would reach out your hand to little Zora. (laughs) Jesus is the going Lord. to take a little trip. Yeah, Jesus is going to take a little trip. She sees, all right. And so, Zora Bell Pick, we dedicate you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We mark you with the cross of Christ. And God, we pray that as she grows and comes to know you, God, that she would receive you as Lord and Savior. That she would receive your gift of forgiveness, God. That God, we would surround her and get to celebrate that with her that she would walk in your ways all the days of her life, and that she would know that she is your beloved. And we ask all these things in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and all God's people said. And you like my beard, that's good, that's good. Uh, Can we celebrate with these families as they leave the platform, celebrate one more time with these families as they leave the platform today? Oh man, God is good, amen? Amen. I'm gonna invite uh, some of our team to come up, some of our pastors to come up on the platform at this time. And we're gonna do something a little bit different today. um, We've been in this longer series throughout the fall. Uh, on you know where we've been in the Old Testament, and so there's just some things I want to make sure that as we uh, close out our series, both this week and next week. Next week will be the last in this uh, series of messages. Um, we uh, specifically, the Lord kind of just spoke to me and said, "Hey, you know what? I want to make sure that we didn't miss a couple of things along the way, because it's really easy when we preach these longer uh, sermon series to to maybe um, not fully like just kind of check out for a moment. But I just want to make sure as we kind of go into specific specifically baptism today that there's just a couple things that we highlight and so um, first is something that we pray that you've heard and that is that you have been grafted into when you receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior you are grafted into God's origin story and as a reminder of what that is we learned in the scripture specifically beginning in the book of Genesis that God created you and when he created you he said it is good But the reality is, is that every one of us has rebelled against God as our creator and as one who desires a relationship with us. And so when we rebel against God in that particular way, here's what God doesn't do. He doesn't give up on us. He doesn't push us to the side. He doesn't say there's nothing that I can do about it, but God in his grace and mercy loved you and loved me so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross to forgive us of our sins, to be raised from the dead so that that through his life, death, and resurrection that death and evil and sin will be conquered in our lives, Amen? amen? And so, so many times I talk to individuals and I ask them, hey, what's, what's your story? And they only begin with their, their specific origin story. And one of the things that's beautiful about the gospel is that every time that somebody receives Jesus as Lord and Savior, that God's origin story gets laid over theirs. All of a sudden, it's not just their beginning, but it's God's story intersects their story. Amen. And so I wanted um, the team to come up and share a little bit. You may or may not know some of our pastors. This is Tanya and and Philip and Gina, and they want to share a little bit of their origin story and how God intersected their origin story. And so uh, Gina, would you maybe start for us this morning?
7: Yeah. Um, My origin story would be, I'm from a family that had that didn't proclaim any faith. So I am the oldest of two and my family was more about um, wealth than they were anything else. That's what drove us. And so yeah. it, I was brought up to believe that I would need no one and that I would be rich and, which that didn't happen by the way. And then, uh, <laughs> and that, that was the goal. And, uh, I never heard the word Jesus in my, my whole growing up and, um, faith was not a part of anything. And basically all the words that you use for swear words or what I thought God was is that yeah. that's all I knew. And, uh, that's just kind of how it was. I just started off with nothing, so blank
3: slate. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
8: Uh, Yes, my name is Philip Causey. I am from, my origin story is from uh, North Carolina, small town. I was born and raised there for 21 years of my life, and I grew up in a uh, single parent home. So my mom and I have three siblings, and um, we did grow up in a black Southern Baptist church though, and so we would go to church, wear the church clothes, Mm -hmm. Um, and be in service for a long time. And um, (laughs) in that, uh, I didn't really understand what was talking about, like what people were talking about, but I knew that this is what we did as a family. Uh, And so that's a little bit of my context of small town North Carolina in the Bible Belt. So like if you didn't know, North Carolina is the Bible Belt of uh, America, meaning like everybody's a Christian just because you –
6: Go We're to born church there type thing, yeah, <laughs> yes,
8: and so that was kind of like cultural Christianity for yeah. us, and um, and yeah, I, I, I grew up without a dad, and so that whole idea of um, me being this child of God was mm-hmm. foreign, yeah. and strange, and so and sure. then, and then for the scriptures to be revealed as Jesus Himself saying, "This is uh, our Father who's in heaven," that was a hard concept for me. So yeah, that's my origin story.
3: It's good. that's good.
8: Tanya?
9: Hi everyone, I'm Tanya. And my origin story, my family and I, we are from La Ciudad de Mexico, so Mexico City. And my parents came here, I was, uh, I was four when I came here. Um, and so, but my story begins before that. The changes that my parents made in their lives, the generational chains that they broke um, and worked really, really hard to break um that that changed their lives so they my dad has two aunts so my two great aunts my tias um they were amazing instruments in my parents lives yeah of just a change of constant prayer of interceding for them and and i get to be a product of that and so then what they did is um really just speaking to my parents lives, preach the gospel to them and then my parents changed um and at the age of one, I was dedicated, and just like the kids were today, um, yeah. and getting to have the privilege of growing up in the church, and I grew up going to two churches, an English-speaking church and a Spanish-speaking church, so Sunday was filled with a lot of church. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's awesome. So when was it, or like kind of what were, what were the dynamics that were happening when God's story intersected that origin story? Like what were some of the things that were happening maybe, maybe around that? And anybody can kind of speak, speak into that.
7: So I'll say, I'm from the Central Coast, and um, having no faith and no background, my family fell apart when I was about 10, 11 years old. My mom left, then my dad left, and so I became homeless uh, when I was a teenager and spent my teenage years homeless. So I would say not only not having faith, but having a lot of abandonment, a lot of anger, a lot of like, I don't know, adults just stunk and I didn't like any of them. And so it's just kind of one of those (laughs) things where it's like, God intersecting in my life was was something I didn't see coming, and I yeah. didn't see important, and I just had no concept of faith, and so when it intersected, and it kind of started to, I don't know, where he started to come into my life, and I started meeting people who were Christians, and I started, I attended a Christian college, and, which is a whole story in itself, and, uh, <laughs> I started realizing, like, my life is not normal. Like, my life is not, this is not the intention it was meant to be, and I think I knew that. But I don't think I knew it had to, like, it could change. And I didn't think I knew, like, for God to have a plan for me, my parents didn't have a plan for me. So how could God have a plan Mm. for me? No, I didn't, my parents didn't want to be parents anymore. They were over it, so. Uh, why would he want to be my father? Yeah. So I think those two, they like clashed. They didn't like just lay down and be good together. It was like, this is weird. And yeah. didn't make any sense.
1: Yeah,
8: yeah. You got to repeat the question for me.
3: All right. <laughs> so, So when, when, God, when you encountered Jesus, like when, when, when God's origin story, that he sent his one and only son to die on the cross, forgive you of for your sins, when that intersected with your life, What were the dynamics that were taking place there?
8: I think for me, the dynamics, if, can I be honest in here? Yes. Y'all don't want me to be honest, come on. (laughs) Uh, And so from, I think for me, uh, it was actually here in uh, in Pismo in 2009 where that intersection for me of like, I started following Christ, but for me, it was the idea that like, oh, I, um, uh, let's see here how much do I share with you, church? Because I know you're going to judge me, right? Okay, thank you. Um, for me, it was the idea of, like, God, I still want to have sex with my girlfriend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I still want to smoke weed. Mm-hmm. I still want to have a bad attitude. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still want to, if someone looks at me sideways, I still want to react however that looks. Right. Um, and, so, and then all of that still culminating of, like, I don't know my identity, Y'all Christians keep talking about there's this new identity in Christ, there's a new Mm -hmm. life in Christ, I'm a child, all this stuff. And I was just like, I don't see it, understand it. And it was hard. And so it actually took, uh, I don't know, I see, up until I got started following Christ in 2009. So I'd say probably till like 2018, Mm -hmm. where I was like, oh, if I clicked. I am, I'm a child of God now. Like working through some of that childhood trauma, working Mm. through some of that. those lies that I would believe in that, like, yeah I'm not loved, I'm not cared about, right. no one cares about me, um, I have to, to, to defend myself, for myself, I have to take care of myself, I have to be the one that provides for myself, those were very difficult for me in that origin story of, like, God's coming into my life, what does this mean? Yeah, And it started to unfold, like, oh, I'm supposed to actually give up my life.
3: So is it fair to say that you leaned into God's origin story before you ever, it started like manifesting in your life, before it kind of took hold in your life? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, so you don't have to clean up first before you Uh, come to the Lord. For real. It (laughs) it, it took a time. Someone needed to hear that today, right? That you don't actually have to clean up before you come and you step into what God has for you, but you can begin leaning into that. You can begin to walk into that and allow it to begin to take root. So, how about for you, Tanya? You mentioned you grew up in kind of a, a Christian home, and God was very much a part of your your family. What did that look like for you?
9: And because He was a part of our, He's always been a part of our family. But our family has struggled. Struggles yeah. in many different ways with um, family members that have struggled with addiction, family a lot of grief in our family that we've experienced. Um, but watching my parents grieve and understand like what it means to lament. Yeah. Um, with God and yeah. so I'm so thankful for all the people that have invested in me throughout the years with my community and my church um having mentors that have just spoken into my life and guided me when I wasn't sure what to do or I didn't know how to handle a situation mm-hmm. and so very blessed in that way to have people along the way now and have people now in my life um having Gina in my life of just people that are continuously speaking in my life um and praying over me as well yeah
3: no we can say something Gina.
7: yeah I was, like listening to everybody and and I guess now I understand the question even more so it's like, <laughs> <laughs> like I guess the other thing I want to say is like you this know, is how you the, know it's
3: not scripted though, right, right yeah yes. all right, all right, so.
7: like the idea that um that I was gonna be have a new life like that that just seemed. Dumb. Like, I don't know. It just seemed like every, I'm watching all these people be Christians, and I'm watching all of these people, like, mm. have joy. But they weren't out doing anything what I thought was fun. Like, they went to Blockbuster, and they ate popcorn, and <laughs> stayed home, and I'm running the streets, and I'm thinking, I'm living life, you know? And by the time God entered into my life, and, like, I'm like, taking this risk is what I thought it was, really, of accepting the Lord. I remember thinking, man, you're never going to get the jungle out of this kid. Like, I was, like, totally from the jungle, of the streets, and I can never act like you. And I remember, like, and I guess this is what triggered it. It was years, like, years before I realized there is more than just not going to hell. Like, I thought yeah. I was just good because I was, like, I'm in. I'm a nightmare, yeah. but I'm in. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden, one day, it just clicked, and I remember thinking, like, there is more, like there is more to this. This is not just a badge that I'm gonna wear that says Christian and not going to hell. It was like, oh I'm supposed to be changing and becoming someone. It took a really long time for that to happen and I know a lot of us wonder
3: when it's gonna happen and it's like, it takes a while.
7: For some of us, we're slow, it takes a while.
3: Amen, amen. And, you know, one of the things that, again, we learn in our Old Testament series is that, you know, when God spoke to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, um, not only did he kind of declare to him what his life was going to look like in him, but he said this, which is so key, that you will be blessed so that you can be a blessing. I mean that that's something that we often don't think about, like that you would that you're gonna be blessed, and because you're blessed, you will be a blessing not just to your people, because that's what God was you know reminding him of this covenant was gonna look like, but you're gonna be blessed so you can be a blessed to the nations. And there's something in us when we encounter God that kind of propels us, not just to look inward, although that is incredible, but also to look outward and to ask ourselves, what does it look like or what compels me to tell others about what Jesus has done in me, what, what compels me to tell others about who Jesus is. And what I find is interesting in the Old Testament, and you may ne- never have noticed this before, but God makes his covenant with Abraham, right? He, he tells him he's gonna be a blessing to the nations, and then 1,300 years later in the book of Jonah, we learn about the prophet Jonah who's asked to go to the nations. He's the only prophet in the Old Testament that's asked to go, go to the nations. He's asked to go to Nineveh, and he refuses, I'm like, hold on a second, so the very thing that God wanted to do through the ancestors of Abraham, now they're refusing, now Jonah's refusing to do, he doesn't want to go, and there's reasons for that, man, the Ninevites were gnarly, like, they were not nice people, there was not good stuff going on there, there was reasons why they kind of, uh, you know, Jonah would want to hold them at a distance, and yet, and yet, God that was part of God's rescue mission, that's part of what he wanted to do from the beginning was not only to reach um, the, the Israelites, but to reach the nations. And so kind of twofold question for you, as you've come to know Jesus and as you've leaned into your relationship with Jesus, kind of two things, what compels you to tell others about Jesus? And then secondly, what at times, even as pastors, keeps you from telling people about Jesus? Because there are things that keep us from telling people about Jesus.
9: I'll go. Yeah. Uh, so, the song of If You Grew Up in Church, um, the song I Got That Joy, 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 <laughs> Down in My Heart. Where? <laughs> down in my heart. <laughs> down
2: in my heart. So, it. that you song
9: is what comes up for me because often I am asked, Why are you happy, Tanya? Yeah. But it, it's more than just a happiness that, right on the outside, like it's an inner joy that I have. Yeah. Because Jesus loves me. Yeah. And I know, I, I know it through and through, and yes, it has taken years, right? Like if you would have met me at 27, I look very different and act very different. Like I'm still the same, but I'm different. Yeah. I'm closer to God. God is more in and out. Um, often I explain it, it's like, if I were a sponge, like I want Jesus to like come out every time. If you're squeezing me out, that's what I want to come out. Amen. Um, that's good. And so being able to, to just share that, share that joy, share like what, make, what keeps me going? What's the hope that I have? Even through, if I were to tell you everything that I and our, my family has gone through, like even through all of those situations that we have hope yeah. that God is with us. So yeah. that is what compels me. Um, we'll start, yeah. we'll go there.
8: Yeah, I know what for me, what, what has compelled me, what still continues to compel me, I think is uh, this whole identity piece mm-hmm. of like, I, I think I know who I am now in Christ. Mm-hmm. And so I want others in my context junior high and high school students yeah. um, to know their identity, especially in 2024 when uh, a lot of students don't know their identity, yeah. maybe confused with their identity. I, I think that is one area for me that compels me. And then this, this idea that like, um, like God, like but t- just my testimony, number one, like yeah. I know what I used to be and mm-hmm. I know who I still am sometimes because yeah. it comes up sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so I know like, This experience that I've had with the Lord is not y'all's experience, it's not Gina or Tanya's experience, but it's my experience. And so like, I can't doubt that God's changed something in my life and my family in North Carolina and my friends have seen an actual difference in my life. And so I'm like, I'm reminded of that of like, oh yeah, I didn't ask to be changed by Jesus and yet he came in and he changed me. So that still compels me too. And so I want to see change in other people's life too because of what Jesus has done. So that compels me. That's good.
3: Yeah, yeah.
7: I think for me, you know, being a therapist, working with people, when, when I met Christ, I feel like I was coming to a place in my life where I only had two choices anyways, either take my life because I was sick of myself or accept Christ. And I run into a lot of people who are at that place. Mm. I run into a lot yeah. of people who, who are that broken, that desperate, and honestly, not necessarily tired of the world, but tired of themselves. I think what compels me is like, it doesn't have to stay that way. Is the world tough? Absolutely. Is my life perfect? Far from it. But I have a hope and an identity like Philip's talking about. Like, I know who I am. I'm daughter of a king. Mm-hmm. And if anything, I know that the life can change. And yeah. so. I hate emotions.
3: Come on. Like, Come on.
7: <laughs> you know, one of the things that happened when I was in college was that, you know, people accepted me where, they, where I was at. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think they understood me, and I don't know why they, they probably didn't know why I was there sometimes, but like, they, they accepted me like right where I was. And yeah. I think that's one of the things that drives me. I want to accept each and every person right where they're at. Yeah. I want them to know that Christ loved them, whether I tell them that, or I treat them that way, or whether I sit with them that way. And I think that's what happened to me. At some point, I came to a place where I was like, this is different for a reason, not because you're all trying to be good, but because something lives in you that I just do not have. Yeah. And I want everyone to know that they can be loved. In the, mix, uh, in the midst of their mess,
3: yeah.
7: you're still loved. You're still seen. And that's what I needed. It was like, if I was missing, would it matter? Mm-hmm. And there was a time in my life where I felt like, no, it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. I'm telling you, every person is important. And yeah. that drives me every day.
3: So, the thing that I wrote down, you said um, something about you know, somebody 's mess, and one of the things I wrote down of like for me, like what, what keeps me sometimes from, from sharing Jesus, it is sometimes i like, 've got to enter into somebody else 's mess, and that can be hard, right? Like to enter into somebody else 's mess and to kind of be present in the midst of their mess and what they 're going through can sometimes be you know super challenging. Um, what are some of the other reasons? I mean, it can be just that we're busy, right? Like, I mean, there's so many different things that it can be uh, that, that you know, keep us from sharing Jesus. But what are some of the things that can keep us from sharing Jesus?
8: I think for me personally, what has kept me uh, in moments of sharing Christ with people or sharing uh, my, my testimony, if you will, is just the idea of, like, myself. Mm-hmm. I stop myself. Uh, I'm in my head a lot. Um, I'm trying to always, like, project my thinking onto you mm-hmm. uh, and, 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 and um, make the answer for them instead yeah. of just sharing it. Yeah. Uh, and so I think for me, I, st- I think I stop myself a lot of times because I'm in my head, uh, which just, I think sometimes leads to fear of, because yeah. I am a people person,
3: I want to be liked type thing, so. Mm-hmm. Is it sometimes like a, is this me or is this Jesus like leading me to do this sometimes, or is it just? Uh, you I know what you're, you're like, saying, but uh, I think for me
8: it's just like, Uh, early on, it was like, I don't know enough.
3: Yeah, gotcha. And so
8: I don't want to say anything dumb. Yeah. I don't want to say anything like, yeah, dumb. And so uh, to drive someone away. Yeah. Uh, But I think now it's more so of just like, what should I say? Right. (laughs) You know?
3: Here's what's crazy. It's like, I like literally remember times where I completely botched sharing Jesus with people, like really bad theology. And yet God did something with it because now 20 years, 30 years later, those people are following Jesus. And I think sometimes we find ourselves like just, you know, oh, we're so nervous we're going to say the wrong thing or somehow we're not going to get right or we don't know enough. I love I love the testimony of the blind man when he said, "Once I was blind, but now I see." Sometimes that's all you have to have to communicate like, "Hey, you know, once I once I was blind, but now I see. Once I was dead in my sin and now I'm alive in Jesus and that's all I can tell you. I don't know a lot. I don't know, understand a lot of theology. I don't understand a lot of stuff, but I know this. Once I was blind, now I see. Once I was dead, now I was alive. So what about Gina or Tanya? Anything that sometimes keeps you from, from sharing?
9: I Unfortunately, I've seen it done really rough in evangelism. Yeah. And so sometimes that's like, I'm like, oh, I don't want to perceive, be perceived like that. <laughs> uh. Uh-uh. I'm not yeah. going to do that. I don't want to... Um, shame people into yeah. doing anything or um and so yeah that part of fear of like oh is is this god is this a god moment or not and so continuously being now where I'm at of like praying for that discernment like is this a God moment like okay if this person's reaching out asking a question of one of my friends of whether it's the Bible or asking for prayer like okay this is an opportunity to step in and so continuously now being at that place of like okay Lord like help me discern when is an appropriate time and maybe not an appropriate time um to share
7: yeah I'm like a person of few words. I use them all day, so I'm not really interested in talking to anyone at the end of the day. You know, that's kind of <laughs> how it is for me. Uh, I think the other thing is just the conflict. I guess yeah. you know, the strong-willed person who's them, you know, going to fight with you about what you believe. And I'm not mm-hmm. much of like I don't feel like I need to defend my faith. I'll share it. And uh, I'll talk to you about it, but I don't want to get into an argument about right, it. Right. And then you know, my daughter is in her twenties, and so a lot of the twenty-somethings that I run into, that I you know, I'm trying to talk to her friends and things like that. I also don't want them to think they can't. Come. I have this thing in my head where I'm like, don't say something weird, and then they don't want to come back to your house, or don't mm-hmm. say something weird, and then they're like not friends with your daughter because yeah. you're got that weird pastor mom going on. <laughs> and it's like, I go, I go into that. Place. I don't really care if you like me. That doesn't really bother me very much, but I do care about whether or not, like, I don't want to leave a bad taste, and I don't want to misspeak yeah. for the Lord, yeah. and I guess I worry about, like, just, I don't know, just not doing it right, I guess, so yeah. then I default to, well, I, so it's God's job to save you,
3: not mine, like, yeah. I was. So <laughs> that's so good. That's so, can we just, if you didn't write that down, write that down. It's God's job to save, not mine, like, Again, they're so so beautiful, so beautiful. Yeah. we're gonna Also, say, while we're gonna
8: while we're up here sharing too, it's like it's very easy for us to like. Well, it's not easy for us to share stuff, but like we're being open and transparent with you and being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And it, it, in my opinion, in my perception, yeah. it could be yeah. easy for me to sit in in um, in a chair out there and be like, uh, but y'all are pastors, y'all like y'all should be defending your faith. You should be vulnerable. <laughs> like, you should be fearful. Yeah. All yeah. This stuff. Yeah. ask the same question to yourself too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what's keeping you yeah. also from sharing faith in your life, too? Because right. it, like when you're in the moment, like, it's easy to be like, okay, I'm going to share. Like, for me, I have a, like, I'm going to North Carolina, North Carolina to visit my family. And I know the first day I'm there, I'm staying with my mom. And I'm going to have a conversation, but with, yeah. with my mom about like where she's at in faith, yeah. why my dad was not around. And this is a yeah. very hard conversation. My wife can tell you, I don't want to do it. Right, right. And so, in the moment, it's like, Like here in California, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm for sure. Like I know it's how it's going to work, but in the moment, I have no idea how it's going to work. Yeah, I have no idea how my mom's going to receive it. If she's going to shut me down, she's going to redirect the conversation. Mm -hmm. And so as we're sitting up here saying, like, yeah, it's sometimes fearful to share, for whatever reason. Like, ask the ask the same question for yourself too. What is stopping me also? in my life, so I just want to throw that two cents No, in there. because,
3: and again, and it leads right into, you know, something that the Lord just reminded me of this, this week, and I know it sounds simple, but, you know, Matthew chapter 28, the Great Commission, right? That's not the pastor's. That's to the body of Christ. That's to all of us that we would go into all the world, all the nations. Again, this beautiful picture of what God's original intent was to go from the people of Israel to all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and teaching them the ways of God, right? To teaching him God's commands and teaching them to walk in God's ways. And so somebody, to that point, Philip, somebody took a risk at some point and shared with you. Somebody took the risk of an awkward conversation. Someone took the risk of maybe being perceived wrong. Somebody took the risk and actually shared that t- with you. And, and as I was like leaning into this particular week and knowing that we're coming up on Thanksgiving, I thought, man, we should have gratitude for those individuals who took that risk, right? We should, we should not only have gratitude, but it might be something that, that what would it look like to write a thank you note to them? What would it look like to actually write a thank you note to the person? Because somewhere along the way, what, what started in the garden and moved to Abraham and then what happened on the cross through Christ Jesus and then he was raised from the dead. Somebody told somebody who told somebody who told somebody who told somebody who told, somebody who told, somebody who told you. And so what I've asked them to do is to share a thank you letter um, with you but, um, but about the person who introduced them to Jesus. And so Philip, I'm gonna have you start and uh, read your thank you letter to the person that.
8: Yes, so I started off this thank you note uh, saying, I am here. In front of you, congregation, but if I'm looking at the person, because of many people planting the seed of the gospel or, and watering that seed of the gospel in my life. God. So I have to start with my grandparents, my grandma, who uh, taught me how to pray, but also she was a grandma who consistently prayed for her grandkids God. to know the Lord, to walk with the Lord, to serve the church, to serve God's people. Uh, so I have to, I have to like, couldn't. Consider my grandma. The second person is a guy named David from my hometown of Taylorsville, North Carolina. And there's a church he was a part of, East Taylorsville Baptist Church. Shout out East Taylorsville Baptist Church, uh, and and also the Awana program, hmm. the Awanas program for me. Yeah, go ahead, make some noise for Awanas. <laughs> yeah, some some people know. Some of y'all serve at Awanas. Plug Awanas in our community. They um, they meet at Calvary, uh, but also uh, David from East Taylorsville Baptist Church. Uh, he was my Awana leader. And uh, I remember him helping me learn and memorize scripture, and leading me through it through the Sinner's Prayer, mm-hmm. June 5th, 1995. Come on, making some sort of decision in Owanas. And so I have to thank David at East Hillsville Baptist Church, and also I want to thank the White family, uh, Sharon and Tracy White, and their son Paul White. He was my best friend in ninth grade. Mm-hmm. Who he was the cool kid who had the really tight pants on that skateboarded in the city. Mm-hmm. That was so foreign to me, but I was drawn to him. And so, Paul White, my best friend, and his family of actually inviting me into their home all the time, mm-hmm. feeding me all the time, but also yeah. showing me what a, a mom and dad—because I didn't have a dad growing up, remember—but showing me what a what a husband, how he should love his wife, mm-hmm. showing me how a how uh, parents. Uh, lead their kids, answer that call, please, Um, (laughs) uh, and uh, show me what a family dynamic looks like when it comes to, because they would always say, especially Tracy White, the the Mm -hmm. husband and the dad, he would always say, because he served at the church, he would always say, I would rather be a doorkeeper, Mm -hmm. that old scripture, in the house of the Lord, than than what, I can't finish it, y'all know it, and so I always, they, 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 they taught me this idea of like, being a a family that loves the Lord together and also serves the church. And uh, so I have to thank them for planting seeds of actually feeding me, but also making me um, feel welcome in in my mess in their home. Yeah. I also have to thank my youth pastor when I was going to youth group at um, a church. His name's Zane Rowland. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's in Oklahoma right now, and uh, he would open. He showed me what it meant to open up his home, not just at youth group, yeah. but he showed me incarnational relational ministry. Right. He would invite students into his home, and his wife would him and his wife would make pizza rolls or whatever yeah. it is, and put on a, uh, a sports thing on the TV or watch some MMA fight or, whatever, or play board games. And so my youth pastor also not just calling us to come to church, but also inviting his, us into his home. So I have to thank Zane Rowland to also being one of those people in my life. I also have to thank the Reeves family, Carrie and Joy Reeves and their son Logan, who um, also opened their home to me and uh, showed me what it meant to be a family that uh, would adopt kids. Mm-hmm. Show me that what it meant to be a family that, through thick and thin, they still loved each other. They still went to church; it was a priority. Yeah. They still went to the nations to Haiti. Yeah. Um, they hosted missionaries in their home, mm-hmm. and also they paid for my discipleship training school in Wyoming. They actually got me from North Carolina to Pismo Beach, California. They drove me, paid for my paid for my school, filled out my application they did everything they could in their power to get me in front of uh gospel ministry and uh so i have to thank them as well and then i also have to thank um ywam pismo beach youth with the mission pismo beach so all my leaders brandon and kirsten who were my my wife and i about to go spend Thanksgiving with um um, will and Lori barrow who's up in atascadero um matt who's from um redding california uh Maria, who's from Norway, Kat, who's from London, all and Tyler, who's from the Midwest, these leaders who took me in as a punk kid who I thought I knew everything, yeah. and, and I was rebellious. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, like I would cuss my leaders out. Mm-hmm. And they still would pursue me, disciple me, point me to scripture. And uh, so I have all these people in my life, in my life to thank. Thank you so much, people, mm-hmm. for taking the time to get outside of your comfort zone. Leave your, your country, leave yeah. your state, leave your comfort, or your home, and take in someone that's not yours mm-hmm. to show the gospel, not by just your words, but through your life. Yeah. And so I have all those people in my life to thank Amen. them, and that's the reason I'm here today is Amen. because of these people.
3: That's good. That's good. That's good. So it wasn't just a conversation, though. It was an invitation to come, come, come in with us right, be a part of what Jesus is doing in our family, in our lives, and and experience what he's doing, so, Gina, you want to share your letter? Uh, Yeah, Yeah, I actually, I actually wrote a letter, um,
7: and so, I'm getting all weird about it already, all right, so, uh, my letter is to my coach when I was in uh, college, I've actually written him a couple times thanking him, especially as I've, I've seen change in my life over time, but uh, to reflect back on like the day he talked to me about accepting the Lord was kind of weird. So his name was Farnham, which is a weird name to begin with, but he's an awesome <laughs> guy. Uh, I'll just going him to gonna kind of read the letter, I guess. So, yeah. uh, all right, I'm writing to say thank you because when I look back on my life, I am fully aware that the path I was on only changed because you spoke into it. You took a risk, you asked the tough questions and you challenged the choices and the facade I was putting out there. I remember walking into practice late, As my coach, you were always irritated with me, and I believed you didn't like me, and I didn't care. Uh, My face was all messed up from getting into a fight, and I was angry, just like I was most days. After practice, you pulled me aside and asked me if I knew Jesus. No one had ever asked me that before. Being at a Christian college, it was assumed that I was a Christian, but I was only there for sports. I didn't know what to say. I couldn't laugh it off or blow off the question. I was caught in the moment, I knew it was serious, but I didn't realize it would be life altering. Uh, I'm not saying thank you just because I found Jesus that night, I'm saying thank you for a few things that you have carried with me, that I have carried with me over the last 30 years. Thank you for telling me that giving Jesus a try was not an option. I remember clear as day your words, you give him your whole life or you give him nothing at all. He is Lord, he is not a backup plan. You knew my journey would be difficult. I had no idea what I would have to give up, what I would uh, have to accept, or how my life would turn upside down by calling him Lord. But you did and made sure that there was no going back. It's crazy to think that one question, do you know Jesus, actually even caught my attention. But I think it's the way you asked me, and that's the other thing I'm thankful for. Uh, Thank you for not threatening me with hell, trying to scare me into believing. Thank you for seeing me seeing the pain, okay here we go <laughs> seeing the pain the hurt the destruction the total lack of identity today i can say that i know who i am i am the daughter of a king i am not only saved but i am transformed yeah. by his love and work in my life <laughs> like <laughs>
3: We do this just to get Gina to cry in front of everybody. It. Like, 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 like. <laughs> no, no. no, It's so good, All Gina. Right. Keep, you're good. Like you're
7: good. Paul said in Galatians, I have been crucified with Christ, and I mm. no longer live. But Christ lives in me. The life I now live in, or the life I now live in my in the body, I live uh, in faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave Himself for me.
5: Yes.
7: All because you were faithful, Farnum. All because you knew what Jesus had done for you and knew what He could do for me. If I let him in, I'm forever grateful. Come on.
8: She's been following Jesus for almost 30 years, and she's still getting this emotional yes, about her story. Yes, it's, yes. I, I think
3: it's beautiful, honestly. So yeah, no, that's so, <laughs> so good. Tanya, can you share with All
9: us? Right. I wrote it to my parents. Mis queridos padres, to my dearest parents, thank you for making Jesus the Lord of your lives and breaking generational change so that I could have a life that was filled with Jesus from the beginning. Thank you for instilling me a love for God, for teaching me about His Word, for praying over me and surrounding me with people that love Jesus. Both of you have taught me so much about compassion and what it means to love others. Thank you for being faithful examples of Christ like disciples. Thank you for helping me understand that I had to make Jesus my Lord and Savior at a young age and for teaching me the importance of serving within the church and my community. My first memories are of doing ministry with you too. You've taught me how to lament and cry out to the Lord in distress and praise his name regardless of the circumstances. Thank you for guiding me along the way and inviting others to disciple me as well.
3: Amen, amen, amen. So we're gonna do a really awkward transition. I'm gonna have them leave because they're gonna help baptize some people here in just a moment. But here's what I want you to do. Two things, two things to think about. The first one is this. Um, Who was a part of your story? And what might it look like later today to send them a text or to write out a card or to send them something and say, hey, you had no idea what was going on. But your risk transformed my life. Everybody who's going to come up here and go down into this water, somebody took the risk to share with them what Jesus had done in their life. And so I, I would encourage you just to sit with that a little bit. I'd encourage you to write that out, text that person. Or if that person is no longer with us, just give God glory for their life, their life and their impact in your, in your life. And the second thing is this. Who will be going down into baptism waters? Who will be up here in a, on a platform in 20 or 30 years because you took the risk? See, I know that we're all grateful that somebody took the risk for us. I'm, I know that we're grateful because we are here and we're gathered together and many of us can point, we hear these stories and it just stirs something within us because we remember where we were when Jesus came into our life. But church, can I tell you something? We want to be like Abraham, who was called to be a blessing to the nations, and not like Jonah, who holds people at a distance. We want to be like Abraham, who says, you know what, I want to be able to speak blessing over people. I want to be able to speak Jesus over people, and we want to be careful that it's not like, ah, you know what, I don't want to get my hands dirty. It's too messy. It's too difficult. It's too challenging. I'm too nervous. I don't know enough. Any number of those things, because can I tell you something, church? There are people in our community, there's people in your families, there's people who live next door to you that they need to know Jesus. That their lives would be radically changed, that their lives would go from death to life because you chose the risk of sharing Jesus with them. And so we're going to invite our baptism candidates to come up, and, and they're going to come and they're going to um, share their testimony. And uh, then they're going to lay that testimony at the foot of the cross. Representing that they too have been crucified with Christ. That they too no longer live. But Christ lives in them. And if you've never been a part of a baptism service yet, you think this is very weird and odd. You're like, you're going to put people underwater. Do they come up? Yes, they do. In fact, that's the beauty of it. Is that when they go down into these waters, it represents their old life being put to death just as Jesus was placed on a cross and put to death. And when he was nailed to that cross, sin and death of every one of us was nailed to that cross. And when he came, walked out of that tomb three days later and was raised from the dead, it showed that our God conquered sin and death. There is nothing that you can do to conquer sin in your life. There is nothing you can do to conquer death in your life, but you can place your trust in Jesus. And because he has conquered sin and death, what is true of him can now be true of you. And there might be someone here today that maybe you're like, hey, you know what? I had thought about baptism or I wasn't quite sure. I wanna encourage you today. I know know we're on the central coast and it's cold outside for us. But we have swimsuits and we have t-shirts. And if you decide you want to get baptized today, why wait? Why wait? Throughout scripture, we see where people encounter Jesus as Lord and Savior and they were immediately baptized. And we are a church that says, hey, guess what? You don't have to clean yourself up and get everything in order before you come to Jesus. You can bring your mess and you can bring your addiction and you can bring your brokenness and you can bring your sin and you can bring your frustration. And you can lay it at the foot of the cross also. And then you can begin to lean into the reality that you're no longer like you used to be, that you're a son, you're a daughter of the Most High God, and you can allow that reality to take hold in your life. So Holy Spirit, this is your time. If you're speaking to somebody. I pray that you they would respond, that they would just get, step out. You can walk right over here. There'll be somebody to meet you, someone to get you a towel, someone that can uh, can be with you right over here. Joanne, I want you to come up and bring our those that are going to be baptized this morning.
4: right here. I'm already crying. So first, what we're going to do is I'm going to pass the mic. They're going to share their name and why they're being baptized today. And then like Pastor David said, they will um, leave their testimony at the foot of the cross because they are new in Jesus. And then they will walk down. So um, would you go first, Kelsey? So my name is Kelsey Dickachet, um,
7: and I'll just give it a go. All right. So I desperately want to be a positive influence on my daughters and lead them to the Lord by example. I've wasted so much time um, just being lukewarm and trying to muscle through all these difficult seasons alone. The Lord has allowed me to reach the end of myself many times, um, and I'm finally willing to accept that I cannot do it alone, and I'm just so ready to surrender to Him and His will. Um, and I'm so excited to share um, this. The people who have prayed for my salvation the most are in this room. Amen. And I am just so on. excited to
1: share this with them. My mom, my grandparents, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and Joanna. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate I you.
7: you
5: guys
4: so much. Thank you.
3: Awesome.
4: Praise God. Kelsey. Okay, and you are?
3: My name is Tanner.
4: And I have the honor of reading for Tanner. Um, I grew up a Christian. I grew up in the church from a very young age. As a kid, I asked Jesus Christ into my heart. And as I got older, I drifted away from God and from being a Christian. I never fully had the connection with God like how I've heard so many people have said that they have felt. I went down a dark path and denied God for a long time until I met my girlfriend, Alex, who I truly believe God brought into my life so I can finally get closer to him and finally have that connection with him that I've always been seeking. If it wasn't for Alex, I would not be here today wanting to grow my relationship with Jesus Jesus Christ. It wasn't until she brought me into this moment, I cannot describe, but it was truly amazing and it was right then and there I knew I wanted to forever give my life to Jesus Christ and ask Him to be my Lord and Savior, and to show that I meant it when I made the decision to get baptized. Amen. Amen.
3: Praise oh, God Amen. Amen.
4: Hi, my name is Cassandra. This is my testimony. I have recently been welcoming Christ into my heart and applying the principles of Christ into my life. I feel God's love when I go about my life and recently have devoted my heart to Christ through prayer and readings. I would love to be baptized because I feel it brings me closer to God so that I can love instead of hate.
3: Yes. Amen,
4: Thank
2: amen. you,
1: Hi. Hello, my name is Song I come from Thailand, a small country. I am the new believer, but I trust God. I believe in God. I rely on God. I love God. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, God. Hey,
4: let's get baptized.
3: is a reminder when you, uh, when our, those that are being baptized come out of the water, we want to celebrate and let them know that we are with them, that God is for them. And so I just encourage you to celebrate as they are baptized.
2: This is what you do You make me come alive This is what you do This is what you do You make and you make me come alive
3: shopping this week, some laundry detergent. (laughs) Two, when you're picking up that laundry detergent, when you're at home, when you're at work, when you're in the places in our community, when you're sitting there and you're getting ready to binge watch Netflix, listen to the Holy Spirit. Is there somebody that God is calling you to speak to about Jesus? To let them know what Jesus has done in your life. Because we, as the body of Christ, are called to go into all the nations, baptizing people in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them God's commandments. We are called to bear witness to what Jesus has done in us. So go and proclaim the message of the gospel. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen and amen. Grace and peace to you. We'll see you next week.